Hello guys, um, welcome to Kingdom Grace Studio. I'm so excited to be here. I'm here with um, Pastor Enoch. So today we're going to hear um, about worship. Before we proceed, I would like us to pray and always acknowledge the presence of God because without Him we cannot do this production. And whatever it is that we are going to discuss, that God will use this message to be a blessing to you, wherever you are, those who are watching, those who are listening, that whatever you are going to hear, God will enable you to apply these things in your life because we believe that information is transformation. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge you right now. Lord, your word says in all our ways we should include you. Lord, as we are about to discuss a very important theme in, in the Christian faith on worship, oh God, and you know exactly what worship is all about. Lord, we ask that you will glorify yourself in this meeting. Whatever it is that you want to do, whatever your will and your plan and your purpose are, oh God, that you want to accomplish for us right now, God, we ask that you open our eyes to see our hearts to be receptive, to receive your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will inspire us to apply the things that we're about to hear from you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. My name is Brahim Mansakalon. I am the host for today on behalf of Kingdom Grace Studio. And I'm here with Pastor Enoch. I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. My name is Enoch Kwan. Um, I'm, I was born in Hong Kong and uh, have lived in Canada for 47 plus years. And I had been a pastor for 25 years after I uh, changed my career from uh, being a computer programmer um, into a full-time ministry. So I retired in 2017, October, uh, and uh, try to focus on writing down a message that I think God has entrusted me. So this is the book, uh, Cultivating a People for God. Uh, that is the, the little product, humble, uh, but I think it's worth reading. Yes, yes, it is. It is worth reading because I have actually started reading it, and um, so far so good. I have gotten so much information, insight, and revelation, and... Um, Honestly, I can't wait to hear from the author himself on this important theme about worship. So the first question I want to ask you, Pastor Enoch, is worship is such a broad word. And we sometimes we use it so often in church. And most times we don't really know the definition of what worship is. Sometimes we talk about worship for everything. So I'm interested to know what is your definition or description about worship? But before you answer this question, I just want to read an excerpt from your book. It says that many have written about worship mostly as Sunday services and churches. They discuss the definitions, concept, importance, benefits, and necessity of worship, the planning of programming, and styles of worship, and the reforming aspects of worship and so on. So, can you explain that and, and, and what is your perspective or your own way of defining worship? Um, there is a uh, trend today uh, in the Christian circle that we would uh, study a topic by the word definition. 
Um, and I used to uh, conform to that kind of a trend too. And more and more recently, um, I find myself deviating from that because I think concept comes before the definition. Mm, mm. But we use only a, a new word that we invent to describe the thing. So when you go to the Blue Jay games or the baseball game, despite however much money that you have to spend to buy the ticket, I would say that's part of a behavior of worship. Mm, mm. When you go after a, uh, a, a girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, you don't care how much you would give uh, to, to try to <laughs> accomplish what you want. This strong desire that giving yourself away uh, to price the relationship and I think that's part of worship. And I think when God sits on the sideline watching you, how you commit to chase after this girl or to chase after the ball game, mm. he's jealous. Now that's part of, um, may I say, idol worshiping that God doesn't like that mm. much. Mm. So there's a lot of things like uh, give, giving deference, uh, giving priority giving time, listening to, and having this passion of love and desire to be near God. Uh, these are all elements that together paint uh, the meaning of the, the word worship. In your book, you discuss something that was so profound that um, um, while human worthiness can be measured in relative terms, God's absolute worthiness is merit if his worth is not recognized as supreme and immeasurable so here i have the word a key word worthiness and then you mentioned that god's worthiness of worship did not start with his saving grace for humankind he was worthy of worship even before time and the universe were created so worship is exclusively in that when one subject is worshipped all other subjects are denied an equal claim of supremacy as yes. you mentioned the worship of all creation holds god is a proper declaration of the eternal truth of his worthiness. Yes. This truth cannot be altered by however many things God created. As absolute as God's worthiness is, the requirement of every human being and all creation is to declare the same truth. So in essence, what I've learned from this is that worship is everybody's duty. It's not just for us as believers, but also it includes unbelievers and believers have to give God what is due to him. That wordiness, what do you mean by that wordiness? <laughs> um, now, before there was the creation, before the universe existed, God existed. Uh, God, the, even our word in English and whatever language, even Greek or Hebrew, um, the word <laughs> exists. Uh, mm -hmm. That God exists yeah. doesn't make sense because God doesn't need our kind of a human philosophy and wording mm. to exist. Mm. So we have to understand the limitation of human um, concepts, philosophies, and wording. Mm. Uh, we cannot describe what God is. Uh, but God is, may we say, worthy and worship in English means uh, the measurement of how worthy uh, mm, the object of worship is. Wow. So 
before er- anything exists, God was there. And mm. can we say not God? God can we say God is not worthy? <laughs> It'd be mm. absurd. So uh, when God created by His good will, that we can actually continue to exist by His grace and sustenance of the universe, by the elements of the universe, He is already worthy of our respect and worthy mm. of our salute, wow. uh, thanksgiving, uh, mm. and and our worthy of our lives. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Uh, before we go to the elements and the little bits and pieces about our lives, uh, we need to understand that the reason why God created humanity is to to show off to Himself, and then uh, along with Himself looking at His creation working well, uh, He allowed us to witness how well the universe works uh, by His creation. Why did God created? Um, our lives as, as such, um, so that we should work. I mean, I'm a creator of little things. I create little um, cell phone stands. I, I make little arts and crafts. And when I made it, I wanted to work. I once built a boat, 27 inch long, uh, mm. and uh, five and a half inches wide and three and a half inches uh, total height of the hull. Uh, it ran fast. It was mm. on a battery. It was on remote control. When I create anything, I want it to work. When it works, mm. it brings honor and glory to me. I feel good. I mm. made that boat to make me feel good, to prove to myself that I can make this. Mm. And God have put us, put into us, the same creativity. Like you, if when you paint an artwork, you mm. would appreciate it yourself. Mm. And when God Created human being mm. to work in our daily abilities, he wants to see wow. that works, mm. and when that works well, he gets the glory, he gets wow. the satisfaction, and mm. also the creation us mm. will get the blessing wow. of working well. We enjoy wor- wow. lives working well, and wow. God enjoys our lives working well. So our lives has mm. every bit. To do with God's own satisfaction. This leads me to a, a profound question that I want to ask you. Um, so, so and and is worship or, or an act of religious activity or an expression of of relationship? And I think we have made it so uh, mm. as religion and religious people, we have made it so by our tradition. But that's only from tradition, and the foundation is not really from God's creation. Like, let's take the example of this interview. Like, uh, we are here to to have a fellowship, uh, so that our fellowship uh, over a topic about worship can be shared mm. by the audience. Now, um, can we do it only with data only, information only, and logic only, without that relationship, without mm. that that dear friendship that we are building in the process? No. We cannot. There is a relationship all the time. So you have to know who you're worshiping because most times we sing certain songs, we proclaim or confess certain things, but deep down our hearts and mentally we're not conscious about what who are we praying to, that this God that we shout to, this God that we sing to, do we truly know <laughs> who he is? Exactly. 
Um, I started to struggle with that problem myself mm. uh, when mm. I started to lead worship. Uh, <laughs> and I was standing there and, and you know, leading the congregation wow. of a few, few hundred people, and they're singing. I asked myself, what am I doing? Am I just singing? Are they worshiping? Where, where, where are their hearts? And then I asked myself, where's my heart? Mm. Where's God in, in this whole process of singing? Are we just entertaining ourselves? Mm. So I decided to train myself uh, in time. Mm. I would start to be able to worship more mm. uh, from here, standing, leading the song and worshiping God mm. in my heart. And I think if I, as the leader, am not truly worshiping with my heart, there is a likely chance that the people who just learn from me just do singing without the heart. It's like it's like the Bible says, you and I, we should love God, not just with our emotion, but with our heart, mind, body, and soul, our entire essence. So that also applies to worship. Yes. You don't just worship God with your mouth, with your lips, mm -hmm. but put your heart into it, put your mind into it, put your body into it. Mm -hmm. So it's holistic. Yes. We are on a journey together of a lifetime purification of our worship for God. Mm. So we, we started to worship things uh, around us. We go to ball game. I myself like badminton. And uh, the guy who gave me three badminton records total uh, $1,000 Canadian dollars. Mm. And I asked him, I said, oh, it's not good for me to take a gift so so significant from you. Yeah. And then I asked him, uh, how many records do you have after you gave me these three? And he said, 20. Mm. I said, oh. You see, the guy is totally into buying records. Okay. Mm. Mm. What, you, what you put your heart into, it's worship. So we are worshiping many things, every one of us. Mm. But we need to pull ourselves from those things that we worship and now turn them back to God. So this turning process, it's also a process of worship because you are getting rid of idols in your lives and now purifying your worship for God and putting those originally idol but used to be useful things and then you put them into the useful places mm. in your life. So sorting out our lives and giving the most honor to God is a lifetime process for our worship. So it's a matter of priority. Th that, that leads me to, uh, you mentioned that um, we are created for worship and called to worship. Mm -hmm. and, and he also mentions redeemed, redeemed for worship. For worship. Yes. So can you explain to the audience what do you mean by we are created, called, and redeemed for worship? Now God created us for his satisfaction. So by our human word uh, definition, uh, we are to worship him because he is worthy, uh, because he's the creator, we are the, the blessed creation. Uh, so he, we are uh, made for worship. That's easy to understand. But we are lost. After Adam and, and Eve sinned, and they are, God lost his worshiper. Mm. And God was wow. so painful of that loss that he want to pay a great price wow. to get us back. Interesting. And, and given his son to redeem us. Mm. Now, when we are purchased and redeemed, 
with that great price, what do we do? Do we thank him? Well, thanking him is part of uh, one way of worshiping, but we owe our whole redeemed life, mm. original life and redeemed life, uh, to worship him. And then uh, in the Old Testament, when God chose the, the chosen people, when he chooses you, uh, then we are called to worship him. So it's a renewal of the original meaning, the redemptive meaning, and called into a new blessed relationship in our worship. We are initially created for worship, but we lost that opportunity, and, and God has to pay a severe price mm. to redeem us again to our original purpose. purpose. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. Interesting. Uh, in your book, you mentioned the four commandments. Uh, four commandments, right? Four ships. Four, yeah. And like, I mean, like worshiping through some of these four elements. You started right. off with worship, stewardship, discipleship, and fellowship. So how do we express our worship through uh, stewardship, um, discipleship, and I believe that the last one is fellowship? Uh, the last one is discipleship. Oh, okay. The first three uh, ships uh, is worship, stewardship, and fellowship. And God has expressed his desire uh, to humanity. And the first time he has expressed his desire for humanity, how to walk with him, uh, was from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 3 to 17, after he announced that I am the Lord, your God, uh, I'm the only God. Yes. And then from verse 3 to 17, he gave the Ten Commandments. And now the Ten Commandments um, sounds like a bunch of uh, don't do this, don't yes, do that, yes. okay? Except that uh, even with the first commandment saying that you should not have another God besides me, that means you should have a God, but I am the only God. Mm. So there is a positive uh, demand uh, instead of having only a negative saying you should not have another. So this is a double negative. It's a very strong command to wor worship God, mm. uh, to, to uh, honor him as the only God. And then the second commandment is no, uh, should not make any idols uh, and bow down to them. The third one is to be very careful in using the name of the Lord. This has to do with the respect of he being God. That mm. is actually a, a com command to worship God. Mm. And then the fourth commandment is to keep the Sabbath holy. Mm. That's also recognizing the holiness mm. of, of God the Father. But the second half of the, uh, the fourth commandment is interesting. Wow. For six days, you, would, you should work diligently and accomplish all the tasks. And we recognize from this commandment that all the responsibilities, no matter if it is at home, at work, in a community, in your country, as human being, all these responsibilities are given by God. And that fulfilling this responsibility is a, a faithfulness offered to God mm. as a worship. Mm. Your faithfulness is honoring to God. So mm. uh, stewardship is actually worship mm. with the responsibilities. And fellowship covers the last six commandments of the ten. 
Mm. Uh, honor your parents and uh, and then uh, respect others. In Roman thirteen uh, ten, it says this is all summarized in loving your neighbor as yourself, mm. which which Christ Himself uh, mentioned in uh, the book of Matthew twenty two uh, thirty four to forty, mm. um, saying that love your God, the Lord your God, so Lord God, the stewardship and the worship part, and loving your neighbor as yourself, fellowship commandments. Mm. So uh, to fellowship with people is to recognize uh, God's fatherhood mm. among us. Mm. Now, we can sit here with that trust um, and having a good fellowship and at the same time offering our fellowship to God. It is mm. a good recognition of God's uh, same life in us. Mm. We are actually fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. So that fellowship is precious to God. Mm. And as we talk uh, fellowship like this in a very uh, God-honoring way, we are actually living out one verse that which I shared with you earlier, mm. Malachi 3.16, when th- those people who fear the Lord talk among themselves, a book is opened in heaven to record their name. So God is so pleased that he opened the book to record, record yeah. our fellowship. Wow. And, he, and fellowship brings joy uh, to God in heaven. Mm. And when he sees how we worship in our interaction, mm. he blesses us. The three ships, worship, stewardship, and uh, fellowship come from the Ten Commandments. And of mm. course, discipleship mm. comes from the Great Commission. So it's a twofold commandment wow. that we are we are following. Yes. And apart from this kind of uh, direct instruction by God to mm. His people, uh, we don't really see other instructions in the Bible. Wow, wow! This is it summarizes all the demands. Wow. That God has for humanity, amazing. So let me. I'm just curious to know how were you able to come up with these sh- four ships. Worship, stewardship, fellowship, discipleship, and you mentioned that three of them have came from the Ten Commandments, mm. and then the last one is the Great Commission. I was given that rather mm. than uh, because I study hard and and then invented the thing. No, it has been a process of illumination mm. uh, uh, since the since 1993, mm. when I first graduated from seminary. I was on a journey. Uh, to a short-term mission in southern southern Ontario. And three hours before uh, I was to speak my first sermon of uh, uh, evangelistic message, I found that the church there did not bring any uh, unbeliever uh, to the meeting. So I said, oh, we have to change the message for the mm. night. So eight of us knelt down to pray together and and ask God for a new message three hours before mm. it was to be delivered. And God gave me four words uh, right after we got up kneeling from kneeling. Uh, and then I quickly said, oh, I have to catch this. So I wrote down mm. these four words on a blackboard. Wow. We used blackboards those days. Yes. Worship, Stewardship, fellowship, and discipleship. 
And I preached on those four words to the, uh, that day and saying, okay, the church need to balance these four mm. uh, areas of ministry. So I wow. thought it was wow. a fairly good sermon. But after that, when we were driving back to Toronto from Windsor area, yeah. God said, you're not done yet. When I graduated from Fuller with my doctorate, it was mm. only still the four ships. Mm. Um, a deeper thing came mm. beyond the four ships after 2012. Mm. So the four ships were a... a um, answer to prayer for one message, and then God taught me over the years. Mm. Uh, so it's not my invention. So it's like a life, pretty much a, a journey of... Yes, at the end of my pastoral life now, I still have only the same message mm. from the beginning. Now That is quite a thing, because many other pastors, they have achieved so much in their lives, in their ministry journey. I have nothing... Nothing. I didn't preach a lot of sermons. I, I'm not famous. I have only one message, which is cultivating a people for God. Wow. And what I found is, oh, God mm. has given me a very simple message. He mm. wants his people back. Mm. He created the worshipers. Mm. He lost his worshipers. He redeemed the worshipers, and he called the worshipers back mm. for his eternal enjoyment mm. and our eternal blessing. Wow. Our job is to cultivate that people. That mm. people is not multiple people. It's a people, single people, you and I, mm. all collected into one single blessed people that God wants. So our job as church and, and all these ministries all come to converge to this one single purpose. Wow. Cultivating a people, people. for God. Isn't Doesn't that matter. Meaningful? Doesn't matter if you're from Bulgaria, if if you're from China, if you're from right. Africa, we are all one people for God. But my next question to you is personal worship and Sunday worship, mm -hmm. because you mentioned in your book that many. Um, let me see here. I have it. Um, call to assembly in God's name and worship. Right. Right. Um, all around us, we hear place of worship, worship team, worship pastor worship service, worship songs, and all this stuff. And then you, you, you talked about how sometimes our worship is very self-centered. And so what I'm trying to get at is it's it's personal worship and the corporate worship that you and I we call Sunday worship. Mm -hmm. Because you said that worship is an everyday yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the corporate worship mm -hmm. first. Okay. Um when you put up a baseball game or basketball basketball game and yeah. you, you want you want spectators, the more people attend, the more glory your team gets. Mm. So if you are absent from the game, then you are not bringing glory to the team. Mm. If you are absent in your Sunday service, you are actually discounting God's glory. Mm. So we are called to assemble mm. uh, because the number... Uh, builds up the throne and glory and honor of God. Wow. Now that's the corporate part. And corporate, and we would conform to certain procedure and uh, liturgy 
uh, these things actually are make, making statements about the worthiness of God. Now, many churches turn that around. Uh, they are not concerned about what God is getting, what honor God is getting from our Sunday service. Mm. They are concerned about how people feel, how good people feel. Now, in that sense, we're actually serving the people mm. rather than serving God. So they're using the name of God to serve people. Interesting. But not using uh, the name of God and by the authority of God being called to actually get the people together to serve God. Now, we have to uh, make correction in this area. Mm. So, so, <laughs> so the Sunday worship shouldn't just be for our own gratification. <laughs> yes, that's that's idol worshiping, isn't it? Wow, you are worshiping the me. Mm. I am now the boss of what should happen. Wow, in the service, or people would worship other idols, the singers, you know, the oh, yeah, yes, the AV yes, team yes. or the pastor. Wow, <laughs> you imagine how does God feel? He's not getting what he wants. From the from our Sunday worship, mm. and people are getting all that they want, and they pray. And how should God answer their prayer? Wow! The proper corporate worship contributes to um, a good personal worship because that's where you have the leader, meaning the pastors and and God's appointed servant, to allow you to get into the process. When we experience a good closeness with God yeah. in the corporate worship, we experience the reality and be taught to live the stewardship life yeah. and be taught and encouraged to live the fellowship life. Other people want your influence, then you are discipling. Mm. So discipleship is very natural. God has built the ability of discipleship into every one of us. And we can disciple others, and others can disciple us. And there is a discipleship influence going back and forth, fighting for influence in the whole world today. Mm. Advertisements try to influence you to buy their product. One is discipling you to buy <laughs> uh, clinics. <laughs> Uh, the other brand is is discipling you to buy no name. Mm. So they're all discipling. So we, too, as Christians, uh, make disciples by influence. When yeah. we have a uh, wonderful um, uh, daily journey close to God, our mm. lives becomes very influential. Okay. Um, our common... Um, every every week, Sunday worship can have a lot of different programs uh, in it. Uh, we some church has call to worship. Uh, so when the call to worship is given by the leader or the pastor, uh, let us stand up or let us uh, silent our hearts. Now, when you respond to that, there can be a inner journey, the spiritual side of you uh, now aligning with God and welcoming uh, his ownership. And uh, the word welcoming God is kind of funny because, <laughs> because God is there to welcome yes, us, right? Yes, so we yes. are not the, 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 the host. He's the host. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, in, at that time, we recognize he's, he's being host to this service. So 
uh, when I knowingly give that uh, that that ownership to him, and knowing that my friend my friend Brahim is also giving God this ownership at the same time, mm. and also knowing that the whole congregation of two thousand people mm. are all giving God this same deference, that mm. is a moment of worship. Mm. So we can worship by stopping our busyness and aligning and giving Him that that attention. Uh, of course, if you are asked to stand up, you can just stand up. But no, you stand up with a heart of giving respect to God. Mm. Now that is when He actually receives a worship element. Mm. When you're singing, of course, put your heart in and not singing the song with the people, but singing with the people and give it to God. But how can you give things to God? Well, you have to give it in your heart. It's a very inner spiritual thing that you actually do. And the more this kind of spiritual actions that, that happen in our hearts, the more spiritually alive we can become. Mm. Before, we were just doing things socially, physically, audibly. Now we are doing it with a, an inner journey. The spiritual thing really happened. And a real relationship with God really happens. Mm. Okay, that's the, the Sunday worship part. We can apply to listening to sermon, how you respond to a sentence, a call, a admonition uh, when it was given. Not hearing that and evaluating the pastor to see if he's conforming to a certain way of preaching or mm. exegesis. No, you give that heart away and you give the heart when you're listening to sermons. So you make decisions. You pledge to serve God. You pledge to be a, 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 a obedient to God. This pledging of, from the heart are elements that we, we give God during the Sunday service or during the whatever day meeting. So, so what, what other forms do we worship uh, apart from music? Yes, uh, scripture reading, right? Mm. Any element, any program that you are familiar with in your church tradition uh, are meant to bring a deeper journey. <coughs> so don't waste them. Mm. Uh, even mm. the blessings at the end of the service, right? Mm. And some churches actually sing, actually sing the doxology. Mm. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Yes. Uh, people use that as a marker, ending marker for the service, for the Sunday service. No, this is not a marker. This is a call mm. for heaven, the heavenly beings to praise God and praise him all ye creatures here below and calling the whole living elements to worship God and, and praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Like We're asking the whole universe to praise God. Mm. So it's much more than a marker. This is a song most important, summarizing our worship for the day. Mm. and giving praise to God. Wow. Every session of, of service can be a way of, of worship. Yes, And most people think that is just the music side of worship. But the Bible reading, the closing, the yes. offertory as well. Offertory, yes, definitely. Wow. When you, when you cheat with your offering, right, you are not bringing honor to God. <laughs> uh, when you prepare the check at home, 
mm. right? You are worshiping God there, mm. right? And then you you say 100, that's your calculated amount for for the offering. Now you say, no, I want to honor God more. You say $100 and one cent. You add more because you have a heart for it. Mm. And in your book, have you worshipped? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you worshipped? You know. So I was asking myself, okay, what do you mean? Have I worshipped? And you said, um, most churchgoers uh, might frown on this question if they <laughs> if they were asked as they were living a Sunday service. Some might ask, what was the question all about? Didn't I just finish a Sunday worship? Didn't I just enjoy God's blessing with the world with the word? The preacher was just wonderful today. That was just what our church needed to hear and all that stuff, you know? But then he asks, have you worshipped? Is that a personal question that an individual, and you have to answer on your own or? Yes, it depends on if they understand what true worship means. So that was the opening <coughs> uh, sentences yeah. of my paper in 1991 mm. uh, while, uh, while I was still uh, a student in the, in the seminary. Yeah. And uh, the, that paper, uh, that chapter, actually chapter seven of the book, uh, was actually uh, the paper from 1991. Wow, wow. So I wanted people to understand deeper worship uh, since back then, before I graduated from seminary. Mm. And I decided that this must be included in, in this book. Personally, this is a personal question because... I know you, you you have talked a lot about worship in your book, like, like wh why is it worship so special to you? Like, is there like a personal encounter, an experience, or what is it about worship that you're so passionate about? Mm. If worship is for my satisfaction and 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 feelings, it it's kind of not so important mm. because I don't mm. go after my my own feelings a lot. I like food, but I don't go crazy for food. I like badminton. I, I go a little bit crazy. I like, I love <laughs> my family. Yeah, okay. I don't go crazy. But when it comes to knowing that my creator God is happy for what I can do for him, mm, mm. I become a little bit crazy, mm. more and more crazy. Because now I know I can fulfill the meaning of my existence. Mm. Now, that gives me all the motivation. Interesting. And did this align everything that I do in my life mm. because I find the value in fulfilling my being made, being redeemed mm. call. To worship. Wow. It transformed the motivation of w everything that we do, mm. especially in ministry. Knowing that you are created call and redeem for worship worship stewardship fellowship worship and, and discipleship now these four words can become idol an mm. idol yes that we worship it's dangerous uh, so please remember this is only a way of expanding the commandments and the commission yes so that we can easily translate them into agenda yes uh, of our uh, spiritual journey they do not uh, replace the commandments and the commission. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, somebody who has who's a, a, a biblical student will absolutely understand where you're coming from because when I was reading your book, I realized that you had the scriptures in place, you know, 
which makes sense, you know, and, and I knew exactly where the concept was coming from, right? And my last question to you is, you mentioned that um, something about helping individual, cultivating individual, obviously, and then from individual comes people, cultivating them and elevating their worship. Mm. But in order for that to happen, the leaders have to yes. put things in place. So if, if let's say, a, a church leader or a minister is watching and listening to this video cast podcast thinking that okay what people see people do so how can leaders be an example to lead their members into true worship i think first the leaders or the pastors uh, would need to practice i wouldn't say experiment but experiment uh, get deep and experience it yourself and get get that um excitement of God's presence, that spiritual reality. Uh, and then we can start thinking about ways of spreading it, maybe introducing it to one brother. Maybe it would be organizing a class and if you can uh, teach that in a class or train the few uh, worship leaders so that there will be more and more people aligned uh, with that vision so that they will treasure God's satisfaction in the, in the Sunday worship. The process is not a one-time. It's a process of purification. It's a lifetime purification, because after a few people learn it, and, and we tend to forget, and new people will come in, they will need to, to learn it again. But the whole process and the effort of doing that by itself, it's, it's worship. Because of God's honor, we are doing all this training and together. So we have to spread from the person, the visioner, visioner, who sees God's honor. Not the way, not the method, but sees God's honor and his worthiness. And that will be the starting seed for the reform. Okay, guys, um, this is the, the end of our, our session. But before um, we dismiss i would like um pastor enoch to discuss about his book where you can get access to his book i'm pretty sure your book is online so take this time and just talk about your book um this is the um first published by a publisher some effort is being made to uh, publish it by other uh, publishers uh, that can circulate in a wider um, audience or readership and it is also available by uh, Amazon, the KDP, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. I also update uh, that version with questions. So this old one doesn't have the study questions, but the Amazon one, uh, the ones I send you, has yes. the updated questions. Um, so if you want to uh, have the updated copy, you can just email me, uh, E-N-K-W-A-N at gmail.com uh, so I can send you PDF copies you are free to print them you are free to circulate them uh, teach them, talk about any elements of the book the more we talk about that uh, the more we will uh, be able to, sh to, to help people. The book is also translated into Bulgarian by my good friend Miko uh, he has printed 600 copies uh, Wow at our own cost, and uh, 
300 copies are available it, at bookstores, mm. and 300 copies are being distributed uh, in Youth Ministry Network, mm. uh, headed by my friend Miko, and a Brazilian pastor read the book, mm. and he had a problem reading English, so he had wow. a friend uh, translating it into Portuguese. Wow, Portuguese, yeah. Um, and... <coughs> Uh, and he is now trying to publish it. So I gave him the right, but I want the message shared. So before we go, I want to say thank you all for, for joining us today. And um, I would like to ask Pastor Enoch just to uh, do a closing prayer, and then um, that will be it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your working, bringing us together, bringing our minds together and bring our hearts together for your glory's sake. And Lord, we thank you because when we do that, our hearts are blessed. And we are so thankful that we can be instruments in your hand in bringing your heart and your desire to all the people listening to us. We pray that you will give us wisdom, give us the kind of resources needed and uh, the the human resources lined up so that this can be done for your glory's sake. So people will find meaning, motivation, and satisfaction when you have the honor and glory in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.